gonna tell you now, I'll walk by something for like <laughs> two days. And and it's not that I expect my wife to pick it up. It's just that I don't care if it's there or not. So it can stay there for three more days. It's not that big of a deal for me. But so Byron, as a as a as a male to no, the females not. out there, just understand, y'all. Yeah. It's not that we 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 are leaving it there so that you can pick it up. We're leaving it there because it don't bother us being there. What up, what up, what up? Once again, Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite podcast. I have my co-host here, Buff and Rizy, but more importantly, uh, we have our special guest, Kristen. I'm a, what's your Facebook name? Ana Juana Pia, Ana, 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 Ana Baraka. Taylor I mean, Ana, Yeah. <laughs> What's your Facebook tag? That's what is it? Not even close. Annie, 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 is she okay? Annie. It's Annie. Annie. Moselle Baraka Delacroix. So. That's what I said. Well, my will name him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. It's an interesting story behind the name, but I'll go into that another time. Okay. Oh, tell us. No, I want to hear you. What, 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 that's 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 what I want to know. That's what I want to like. I'm like. Right. So I'm interested in a lots of different worldly type things, and um, the name Ani actually comes from the author of a book called Yerugu. Her name is Marimba Ani, and the name Baraka comes from one of my favorite poets. I actually, named my son after him, um, Amiri Baraka. The name Moselle Delacroix comes from the movie Eve's Bayou. She was a seer of things. She was able to see things in people. So that's what the entire name comes from. Well, I'm just playing on Tavares Ferguson. <laughs> I feel Eve's Bayou. I, I feel I love that movie, man. Uninspiring. Movie. Yeah. Isn't that what Megan Good made her her debut? She was a kid. Yeah. yeah, I was a kid when the movie came out. Okay, all right. Yeah. I was saying, is that when she made her debut? Isn't that the movie where old girl likes jumping on the bed and she's like, "I ain't no punta. I keep my panties clean." No, 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 that's, no. That's not. No, that's not no. no, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> that is Crooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is. There's, there's, there's no similarity in Crooklyn outside the. <laughs> The main characters are girls, they're black, and there's vowels in the name of the title. Every time I watch Eve Bayou, I want Samuel L. Jackson to just keep his mouth closed before he leaves, man. But he mm. had to say something, old girl, yeah. one more time. Mm. <laughs> just man. That's, you know what, though? I asked that question. I was given that question in a forum where it asked, uh, what are movie things that happen? that had gold unanswered. And I was like, would he have died had yeah. she not come to stop him? Mm. So that was like a big, you know, like, would, she, would, would the whole thing have played out had she never even come in the first place? Well, you're spoiling the movie for Rising. I've huh? seen East Bayou. No, I just, no, I... no, no, no. You definitely haven't seen East Bayou. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go back and watch East Bayou now. I want you to know Tabitha says we pick on Rosio too much, so let's... 
Let's let's be oh, mindful of that. It's fine. It's fine. I've got. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. He I, has his support like system since, since high school. He's Kristen's favorite. He's Tab's favorite. Yeah. Erica's favorite. Erica. Yeah. yeah. I'm not Tab's favorite. She said Byron was her favorite. Yes, I think Rosie was like a second favorite or something. Yeah. 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 Rosie Are you was favorite? She says it's talking. <laughs> anyway, we deviated from how we originally opened up, man. What we gonna give her an opening statement or was that? Oh my bad, Kristen. Tell the yes. listeners who you are, what's on your mind. I mean, it's so easy to talk to you. I feel like you're here all the time. So oh, thank you guys. Well, I am these fellas classmate from the illustrious John L. LaFleur Magnet High School of Communication and Performing Arts. Wow. In the oh, beautiful man. Mobile, Alabama. Oh, absolutely, sir. Absolutely. What was all that back then? <laughs> <laughs> I just we thought were, it was LaFleur. We all <laughs> and that wasn't spelled correctly either. L E F L O. E L L E. But no, um, I'm this guy's classmate. We've been knowing each other. I actually transferred in the 10th grade, so. We've been knowing each other since 96. Okay. And um, I don't really know what to really say about myself. Wife, mom, uh, political activist, a host of number of things, an avid listener of the show. Bam. Yes, bam. Love that. Appreciate it. <laughs> People can see me here and there around the city doing work. Um, I do a lot of work with homeless veterans. I do a lot of work with women and children. Um, I'm just your all-around advocate for those who can't, pretty much. Well, it makes us seem petty. <laughs> Byron, what have you done this week? <laughs> oh, the, the, defended myself from Sade fans. <laughs> Let us not. Let that's us pretty, not. That's pretty much what, <laughs> what I've been doing. So I just, I just want to talk about how everybody talks about Sade the singer and they forget about the group. Sade was a group. And yeah. so the no. band and everybody else that comes along with Sade, no, I mean, was, no, no correction. Sade yeah. was the singer. The no. band was sweet back, sir. Yes. No. Yes. Get them. Oh, yes. Her okay. band is a separate entity. Sade is the artist. Her name is Sade Adu. Mm-hmm. The band is sweet back, sir. Okay. All right. Oh, now. Well, put me in my place then. I'll That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to cut that <laughs> shit out. <laughs> Never mess with the editor of the show. Never. <laughs> That's like journalism 101. Never mess with the editor. All, all that's coming out. <laughs> Dang it, Rising. See, Bob, you saw, you saw me biting my lip, biting my tongue. Like, I just wanted to, I just let Kristen handle it, you know, just, you know, because an unknown source. Says we pick on rising. No, so. man. Bring it. Bring it. Anything else, Buff? Throw it. Go ahead, man. Finish up. Nah, that's it, man. I, I haven't done too much this week, man. I, I had a lot of days off. We got our first snow up here, so I had to shovel a little bit. But nothing exciting. Fending the nation. Making sure all this craziness that's going on. We're trying to go to uh, war with Iran. That's what I've been kind of watching. You know, luckily, I, I switched units. And so uh, I don't have to go to war. Thank goodness. I'm a... Uh, until some hurricanes happen, uh, that's my new unit. I am with you, say So guess what? I get to go and do disaster recovery, relief, that type of thing. I don't have to worry about going back to war on that. Um, Are you National Guard now? or 
No, I'm still reserves. It's just I ha- I'm in this thing called IMA, which is called Individual Mobilization Augmentee. So I augment active duty units uh, when big things happen. So the only t- I don't go to drill every weekend, anything or every month. I only go when big that like they call us up, basically activate us or for my annual training. Those are the only two times that I really do anything. So I get yeah, to I rock my beard and everything. I would have stayed in if I know I could have did that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know about it. Um, it it's pretty competitive to get in, but you know, once you get into it, it's it's a pretty cool little um, you know, non-reserve, but you get all the benefits of being in the reserve at the same time. So I ain't good enough for the IMA. Right? I ain't that saying that. I mean, no. I you, just you just said it was pretty competitive. It's, like it's pretty competitive. So you know, toot my horn a little bit. But um, oh, I do want to say Happy Founders Day to all the January fraternities and sororities okay. out there. It's like a million of them. Yes, do it like so, church. Happy Founders Day. Yeah, like <laughs> I saw that meme. <laughs> they had Ricky smiling. Like, we just gonna do it like in church. Happy I'll Founders Day to all the January babies. All the uh, January babies. Yeah. Shout out to uh, KSI, uh, Boosie got y'all. He holding y'all down. Hey, that's what I'm about to go at. <laughs> that is pure comedy. But uh, no, uh, the thing about Boosie is, is hilarious because I was having this conversation with some people uh, about a week ago about how sometimes fraternities can take things a little too serious where they they feel that the world has to play by their rules. Is Boosie out of line? You could say that. I mean, it's a little disrespectful, yeah, but you running up on him or whoever because he's disrespecting your fraternity by the rules you set. So we're saying, hey, only the people that pledge our fraternity out of all the people in the world can't wear this. And if they do, then we we have the right to deal with you how we want to deal with you. And that's not how the world works. You know, like it's called assault. Action. Yes, it's called assault, and it's called potential death. Like he got some goons out there. I just, I just think, like, I think you know, the wrong person run up on Boosie and his people, and it could be, it could end bad for them. You know, and it's like you did this to protect for your fraternity. I love my fraternity dearly. But I'm not trying to die for that type of stuff, you know, like and you can't just assume that the world is going to play by your rules. And if you do be willing to pay the consequences when the world comes back at you. Yeah. But I feel like I have a, a dissenter. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Kristen. I, I see the... <laughs> <laughs> like I got my hand raised. <laughs> so but here's here's my thing, right? I am not. I am a non-Greek. However, I have a multitude of Greeks and Masonic Eastern Star members in my family. And there are levels, as as my... Get ready to bleep this. There are levels to this shit, right? There are certain things that you have to do to become members of certain organizations. And and from a business perspective, a lot of these organizations, if not all these organizations are incorporated. That is a business. There are things that take place. There's money that changes hands. This is a nationally and internationally recognized organizations. You can't just decide one day that I want to partake that's not how that works. So as gangster as Boosie is, I know some cappers with some great lawyers that stay down, to quote Big Boy. 
But lawyers, the legal aspect I get, I get like you came at him legally because there could be you misrepresented a fraternity, causing Absolutely. cases, make like I get cease that. And, cease and desist letters coming yeah, out. I get those that. Types of like things. because Absolutely. you can misrepresent us. You go, you wear that to a club, you get in a fight, something happens, now people are trying to sue the fraternity. I get that. Right. I get that wholeheartedly. <laughs> what I'm saying is random, Kappa, Q, Alpha, Sigma, SUO, Mason from whatever. You ain't gonna check Boosie. Not even that. <laughs> no, I'm not checking Boosie because I like to live. <laughs> what I'm saying is, yes, if you do the do it legally, but what I'm saying is, let the fraternity handle that. Right. You know, yes, if because even like even Boosie, like a random dude on the street, you know, like yeah, like I'll go approach because you know my fraternity with friends and stuff. So we go approach and say, hey, you know, who are you? Da da da. if they're really in fraternity, if not, you might want to say, hey, maybe you don't want to wear that, but getting to the point where I'm trying to intimidate you or I'm coming at you or now we're beefing over this and I'm telling you what you need to do or I'm threatening you and you respond, I don't know, Byron, um, is there anything a man can threaten you over and just not have any consequences? <laughs> no, but this whole thing is a bit ridiculous, man. It's funny to me. It's because non-military people wear camouflage all the time. Non-football players wear all type of NFL paraphernalia. So the only organization I can think of where you're not allowed to wear their stuff if you're not one of them are gangs. So if fraternities want to be classified as gangs, then that's one thing. Otherwise, it's it's a bit ridiculous. I agree. I mean, I it's it's I think it's in the middle of that. It's in the middle of that. But hey, that's not what we're here for today. It's just the boosty thing had me hilarious. The memes are the memes are hilarious. Um I'm on Facebook just to troll right now. It's, uh, <laughs> it's going on. What a joke. But uh like I was I tell I tell my fraternity brothers, I tell anybody in organizations like that, none of this is worth losing your life. Uh we are all here for a bigger purpose. Um and there's some people who have nothing to lose. And it's not worth it. You know, if that's where you're willing to the fall, the sword you're willing to fall on, then I think we taught you as Greek organizations wrong. So that's my two cents. They, they, they can't approach him like, you know, red on Friday. Be like, hey, look, I wouldn't even trip. But the frat. Mm. Sent me over here. It, it could be like that, both our shirts, but it's that's just, a meme. Have you seen that? Have you seen that meme? It's a meme. <laughs> no, no, it's a it's meme. A meme. Oh God, man, I ain't even trying to trip. <laughs> like it's really a meme. So that's my whole thing. Is like, and then you know the world we live in. The the bigger it gets, I wouldn't be surprised this time next week you see random thugs and goons trying to do the same thing just because they they're waiting for somebody to roll up on them i i wish one i wish a kappa would i wish a q would roll up on me and And it's like that's how i feel like where's the line then if 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 it's if there's no line then what's the point but that was i think think they somebody could have came to boosie and be like hey yo it's disrespectful blah 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 and i think boosie Actually, initially he was like, "Look, yeah, I, I I thought it was gonna be all love. My bad, no problem. Y'all leave me alone." And when they kept but coming at at exactly. him, that's when he actually escalated. So that's my I whole did, thing. Yeah, like because you, you come at me wrong. Like 
I might not have known the error of my ways. Okay. But now you come at me and I'm like, oh, really? That's how you want to play this? You ain't really about that life. Let me show you. Let me show you what I can do. If you that man, are you big mad, you little mad. <laughs> and so, but, t- well, we didn't, we didn't pub Boosie. We didn't pub the Kappas. We didn't pub the January uh, frat babies. So now let's pay our own bills, people. All right, we're back. Three brothers, no sense. For you guys that might have skipped the first part, we are here with our special guest, Ani Baraka. Stop it, stop it. I'm, I'm, I'm halfway there. You did. Just stick with Ani Baraka. That's what most people know me okay, by. That's, right, that okay. is fine. And, and these other two Negroes. Uh, <laughs> three brothers, no sense. We're doing big today. We're going to change it up a little bit. We are deferring our questions to our listeners. So today we're going to start off with letting Ani hit us with a question. So what's on your mind? What what do you have for the brothers today? Okay, so sticking with trending topics, and uh, me and Byron kind of briefly spoke on this, and I think I spoke with you about it too, Tavares. Um, a lot of young Black girls are dealing with colorism and featureism right now. And recently, um, the, the singer Ari Lennox and Tiana Taylor dealt with a guy calling them Rockweilers about how are they able to be to look like Rockweilers and still exude so much sex appeal. So my question to you as fathers of Black daughters, how do you explain to your daughters how or or keep them understanding their beauty and their intellect without the world attacking them because there's a world out here that's ready to attack them on a serious level how do you keep them understanding their words as black fathers i think Mm -hmm. that's something that's going to have to come to them with time Um, you could tell them over and over how beautiful they are not to listen to the attacks on the outside world. But at the end of the day, if a lot of the outside world world is telling them that, it's going to be hard to combat that no, no, no matter how often you tell them how beautiful they are because they'll look at it as, well, you're my dad, you're supposed to do that, or you're my mom, you're supposed to say that. So it's something that you just... I don't think you specifically have to um, instill that. Just instill confidence in them overall and everything that they try to do. Um, that it's, it's not even about just looks, how smart they are, how confident they are. And, and yeah, you want to reinforce how beautiful they are. And you just hope that they grow up with the confidence to when they get older and say, you know what? You know, I don't need um, affirmation from you or from them. I, I know I'm beautiful. I have people that love me. What you say doesn't matter to me. You just have to hope they grow up with that. But you do your best. I mean, I tell my daughter all the time how how beautiful I think she is. And we actually have dealt with that when she was much younger, Kristen, um, when she was like maybe three or four. You mm. know, uh, she told my wife, uh, you know, we were in a predominantly white neighborhood. So she just pretty much asked, you know, why am I a different color than the other people? And I don't know the specifics of everything they discussed, but I remember uh, Tabitha telling me about it. So, and just hearing, we made a post on our Facebook page about what were you teased about? And so many black women, one of the Mm. main things was color, skin tone. Colorism, that's right. It's it's definitely a major thing. And 
hopefully one of the differences is that um, we're constantly telling her how beautiful she is versus some kids that grew up. They may not have heard that because I know a lot of fathers, especially back in the day, they don't do the mushy, you're beautiful stuff that much. So hopefully that's the case. But I don't think there's no, you know, 100% pill or 100% plan that can can stop it. You just got to do your best with it. Yeah, I agree with you, Byron. Um, I think it's about from an early age, helping them have self-confidence and understand their self-worth, but also being realistic and understand, I think the world we're living in is making it even harder to identify as beautiful. Mm. So, you know, we all grew up in the 90s in Mobile, Alabama, and Light is Right and all this stuff, you know, light-skinned girls with in all this stuff, like you said, even Tabitha came on there talking about her complexion and stuff like that. And be, like, for one, kids can be messy, kids be nasty. But the world we're in now doesn't allow kids to be kids. Mm. You know, especially black walk, kids. Yeah. I mean, you walk around and some of the things our, our young girls are wearing, I think we have to learn, we have to even try harder to let them know that they're enough. And not only they're enough, but they're more than enough. Like my daughter sometimes wants to walk around and play with stuff in her hair. Like she'll have her jacket on her head to make it look like she has long hair. You know, like, and it's like, you don't have to do all that. You know what I'm saying? Because she's seeing other girls, you know, in our family and around like with the long hair. And so she wants to emulate that. And it's just like, hey, baby, you're beautiful. Like, it's not just being dark. It's all these things. It's, Mm -hmm. you know... You got to think with, and I love our women. I love our the beauty of our women. And I think their natural beauty is great. Accentuating your beauty um, from time to time. It's, it's awesome, you know, but letting her know that's not the norm also. Like, baby, you wake up beautiful every day. Look right. at that. How many, how many people in your world love you every day? Love how beautiful you are. Now, because I try to bring in everybody around her, just not my wife and myself. It's, Name the people that love you. Name the people that think you're beautiful. Name the people that say you're beautiful. Name the people, like, knowing these other people and how to, and they all look different. And so beauty is not just this. It's, you know, my sister uh, that's here, uh, she has short hair. Like, she cut all her hair off. She's blonde and all this stuff. TT's beautiful. My wife has locks. My wife is beautiful. Granny, my mother, like, look at all these other people. Jay, Jazz, the girls, that, the women in my family, she's around constantly. Everyone looks different. Everybody wears their hair different. So they're beautiful. Look at, look at all the different browns. Isn't everybody that you love a different brown? Isn't mommy a different brown than daddy's? And, um, and letting her know that there's differences, and she has to be happy with her differences. Um, because I think one of the one of our issues is people are trying to be, they're trying to fit in a box. Mm. If I have, if I have fake lashes, uh, fake hair, fake ass, also I can be beautiful. That's the definition of beautiful. And so the world is setting a definition of beautiful and it's saying you have to check these boxes because the thing about it, you know, all our daughters with the right amount of money, right amount of makeup, right amount of weave, and they can all be beautiful. That's the world we live in now. You know, I see these memes and these videos of people like it's hilarious when they get, you know, 
the before before and after picture is like that can't be the same person, but it really is. So allowing them to know that they don't have to do all that, and hopefully that my community and the people around me, because I'm scared. Um, I just we're talking about young daughters, you know. Rise, your daughter's the oldest, so she's we she's growing up the world we live in now. But uh, Jazz was what, ten years old, Byron? eleven. Oh, she just started. She turned eleven in uh, Halloween, right? Yeah. So just turned eleven. So she's the closest to dealing right. with that kind of stuff. But for the rest of us, you know, my daughter's four. What she's gonna be dealing with as a teenager can be completely different. I I actually have a vision. I don't know if you guys really watched uh, Hunger Games. Oh, and they talk yeah. about the Capitol. Like, I feel like we're 10 years away from people walking around like the people in the Capitol, like with mm. all this extra stuff. And I'm like, is that what my, our kids are going to grow up into? Like, is it going to get that wild? Um, we're going to be hoping for the little beauty problems they have now compared to the stuff then. So um, I don't know, man. I just keep trying to pour stuff into her and build her self-confidence and show her all different definitions and styles of beauty so jasmine did that exact same thing with the jacket on the head like long hair i thought that was just a her thing okay (laughs) no but see that's that's my point it's like it's gone beyond when we were young right it was colorism and i want to hear your answer too rosy but it was colorism it was like light skin dark skin right it was it was simple it was cut and dry light skin versus dark skin or pretty eyes and what have you now it's gone into featureism to where you got thick lips, you got big nose, you got, you know, big eyes, you have more African phenotype versus more European looking features. So now that's the thing, because even Blue Ivy, and she's about my complexion, but she's getting it because, oh, she looked like her daddy. She got her daddy's mm-hmm. nose. She got her daddy's ears. Yeah. I, who, who was that? Somebody, Essence Magazine? They, no, it was um, Harper Bazaar. Harper Bazaar, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they, like somebody went and said, oh, I feel sorry for her because she has her dad's genes. Mm-hmm. Like, she has her dad's face. I think that's what they said. Right. I, I, but I don't think that's new either. I mean, that whole, you know, baboon nose and monkey lips and all that. that I mean, that's from all the way back before Jim Crow with the watermelon eating, you know, black kids and black face and all that. So I, I think that's not new that, that we, they've dealt with that. A lot of the, the hair, the problem is we were doing a lot of perms, you know, since CJ Walker came out with the perm. And, and so since then it's, I, I don't think you had as much natural hair, especially when we were growing up, I think back in the 60s, 70s, they were kind of embracing that natural hair movement. Uh, and so you saw a lot of afros and things like that. But while we were in the 80s and 90s, it was all everybody had perm. Everybody had their hair straight mm-hmm. and everything. So, you know, you you didn't see as much about, oh, I'm trying to have long hair. or I'm trying to have straight hair because everybody kind of did have that because everybody either pressed it or they permed it. Um and so now you're starting to see where people are pushing back against that and they're, they're, they're letting their natural hair flow and letting it out and everything. And, and so I, I really think it's society is trying to push back on us as we kind of start embracing that. And so that's why you're starting to hear a lot more about, um, you know, as, as white supremacy is getting emboldened and things like that. We're not going to talk about why, but as it is, <laughs> I think people are becoming more, comfortable with trying to call out those Africanoid features because they feel like it's okay now. Um, But to answer your question, I think what it is for me, 
I agree with you guys on having to give your children those affirmations and say you're beautiful and everything, um, but not just stop there. I, I we we buy books that are talking about I love the skin I'm in. Um, one that we really like is uh, I love my hair. That's what I was mm-hmm. I was just um, typing it up uh, or looking it up. It's uh, I love my hair. Natasha Tarpley. That's a great book for anybody who's kind of looking for something to read uh, to their kids. We read to our kids about that. And the other one that I think we as a community need to do is when we see little black kids with natural hair and stuff like that, tell them they're beautiful. It doesn't have to be your child that you're telling you beautiful. Me and Jenica will walk by and see a little girl where, um, you know, her Afro puffs or something like that. And we'll say, I love your hair. And we make sure Sophie sees us telling the kid, Hey, I love your hair. Or, you know, she's so cute. Those types of things. I mean, mm. the kids seeing that, then you you get out of that, you're my dad, you're supposed to tell me. Because we're saying that to other kids, they're getting it from somebody that's not their parent. And on top of that, our child is seeing that we really do believe that that other person is beautiful. Those those features are beautiful. That hair is nice and everything like that. But I have two questions. Question one, are you saying that to the kids that probably get a lot of compliments? Like, are they the cute kids that you're like, oh, he's so she's so cute. I need to let her know. Or is it that that little girl that probably needs it more? Like, is, are you walking by 10 kids and like, nope, nope, nope. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> or the kids, that we, the kids that probably need it. You yeah. know? Um, how, how do you know, though, Ferg? Because it's kind of like. You assume that that's the kid that. No, I'm asking. I'm at, no, right. like because you said we will see kids, um, and it's it because I'm, I'm I try to look within and like I'm not perfect. I try to think outside the box and look at my my shortcomings, but we still like you might not tell a kid that that kid oh that's an ugly kid or the baby, but in your mind you know what a cute kid looks like. <laughs> And that's because of how we were raised and stuff like that. I'm just being real. So we, 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 don't, like, we don't give the ugly kids affirmations. That's yeah, what but it's ugly by our standards because that's how we were taught the the, the definition of yeah. you know small. And, then, and even <laughs> with your compliments, yeah, even with your compliments, you have to be careful. And I don't, I don't know if you guys do it, or, but like my daughter gets compliments, but then it's it's not a backhanded. It's not meant to be backhanded. But it's like, oh, you're such a cute chocolate baby. Oh, like, you're just cute. Yeah. It's like I had to throw in, okay, I'm putting you back into this category. Right. You know, it's like, you're not, you're just a beautiful little, you're just a beautiful girl. It's your chocolate. Oh, you know, you got this. It's like, oh, you know, they, and maybe, maybe it's our older generation does that because that's usually who does it. Mm-hmm. It's, they, they put those, those um, disclaimers on it. It's almost, it's one step away from, uh, you speak so well. It's like no, that's you, the equivalent. That's exactly what it is. That's the you're pretty for a dark skin girl compliment. Like oh, you so cute for a big girl. It's like even with the size things. Like oh, you're cute for a thick girl. You're you're cute for a dark skin girl. Oh, you would be so cute if you did this to your hair to I change mean, yourself. Is it or are they trying to say that your chocolate skin is beautiful? Then say so, your chocolate skin is beautiful. I mean, but but I'm just saying in that <laughs> in that situation where you know they're saying you know you're such a cute chocolate baby, they want you to know that you're black and you're cute. 
Hey, Roger, I, I don't is know. It, I mean, I don't know. Is it better? Is it better for me? Great. Is it better for a woman to say you're a very attractive man or you're a very attractive short guy? Right. Oh, so you go go back to the short thing? No, I'm just saying. But I'm saying like so, it's something. Sorry, I, I feel some type of weight. No, I'm just playing. But no, I, like, I get what you're saying. Is it necessary to say? Exactly, it's the same. And is it bringing attention to? Yes, I meant that as a compliment, but at the same time, it it subconsciously made me think about something that I might be bothered by. Mm-hmm. So, you know. It, it, it's it's out there. So, um, so so what is Kristen's answer to her own question? What is my question? My answer is, to my own question? Yes. Yeah, you got to answer your own question too. Well, wow. Okay, so I do have I have a 21, about to be 22 year old stepdaughter. I call her my bonus daughter, but I have a 22 year old daughter and she's a dark skinned young lady, young woman. And it's always been for me to make sure that the representation is there. Make sure that, like Rosie said, we always had books, videos, film. You know, we made sure that the art on our wall, we made sure that we praised women of all hues, um, people of all colors and and shapes and sizes, like all shapes of black and brown and and even Asian and everything, like showing an array of what is beautiful and reaffirming that beauty. You're not just beautiful for a dark-skinned girl. You're beautiful, period, full stop, full stop. You know, and she has the more African phenotype, thick lips, thick hair, thick nose. You're beautiful. You're gorgeous. Your skin is radiant. You are kissed by the sun, period. That is it. Like my affirmation is not only telling you, but letting you see yourself in every aspect of life. Hey, look at this beautiful doctor. She looks like you. Look at this scientist. She looks like you. Even with my sons, letting them see black people excelling in things that they want to do. You want to be a paleontologist? Look at this professional paleontologist and he's a black guy and he went to a HBCU and he's doing this, you know, letting them see the beauty in themselves so it's not stigmatized. It's normal. Mm-hmm. Normalizing texture of their hair, the color of their skin, the, the wideness of their nose. They have my husband's nose. I had to tell him, stop telling this boy he has a bell pepper nose. He has a beautiful black nose. You know, and even with him, I had to re-educate him on some of the things that he said when it came to descriptors. Like, you can't say, you know, about his nose or his lips because he has your nose. He has your lips. And you say it laughing, but I know it bothered you at one point. I know that was something that you were picked on about as a child. So, yes, explain to your son how his nose is beautiful nose. You got your daddy's nose. You're able to, you know, you're able to smell the the, the flowers better. The, the, the air is deeper for you. You're able to take a deeper breath and, and have a deeper understanding. Your meditation is going to be that much better because your breaths are going to be deeper, son. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But you know what you actually brought up two good made me think of two questions or good points. Does that affect boys or young men as much as it affects women? 
Like we talked in Byron, you even kind of hit it like a lot of the young females or the females really kind of dove into how it made them feel when they were younger. Guys, we kind of like, yeah, with Delta, we, we had that awkward stage where we kind of felt like that's what it was. And it, what to say? Do, do we need to take that same situation to our guys? Well, I think I, she can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a little different, but it does affect guys. For the most part, light-skinned guys are looked at as soft. I was just and, about to say that, and, yep. And, 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 and weaker than and, – and look, I'm guilty of it. I've actually said there is no light-skinned dude alive that can beat me. I said <laughs> – I said ignorant stuff like that before. Like, you know, I'm not just going, I'm going to call myself out on it. So I played a part in it. And I think Kristen even said, you know, dark-skinned guys get the reputation of being uh, more of a, uh, a behavioral problem, mm-hmm. you know, more of, uh, probably more prone to be a, a criminal when they grow up. So I don't think it affects us as much as, like, uh, beauty, and looks and, and how attractive we are, but it, it has its stereotypes as well. Okay. And I agree with that. And I have some thoughts on that, but I don't want to spin off too much. Um, the second part for guys is we did affirmations for our young ladies and we do it. Do you think it's just as important to start teaching our young men that beauty is different as, as well, especially if they, they have like Rising and I have sons who have sisters. So I grew up around boys making fun of the girl, boys in my family making fun of the girls in my family. So when you're not safe at home, when your brother or your cousins are making fun of you as well, you know, if they do that to you, imagine what they're saying to the girl on the street. They're destroying her as well. So teaching them that, hey, beauty is beauty. Your sister is beautiful. You're young, like, so how do we go about doing that as well? Uh, to answer your question, yes. If you have a son, you need to teach them that, even if they don't have a sister. Because, again, going back to that post we had, a lot of the torture from our young Black girls came from young Black uh, male classmates. Yeah. And, 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 and talking about them. So we definitely teach that. Just like we always say we need to start teaching our sons how to treat a woman and how to be a, a gentleman and a man uh, when they begin to start dating and stuff. That needs to be part of it. That I mean, I think it's okay to have a type. You can have a type, but as we all, as we said on this show before, you don't have to put the opposite side down just because you know that may not be what you're attracted mm-hmm. to. Just just be attracted to what you like without putting um, a darker skinned woman down. Yeah. So and, and and all guys out there, just repeat after me: You're a paper chaser. You got the block on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need to finish? Remain no. <laughs> you know what it is. You make nothing out of something. You handle your business. Don't be crying and suffering. That is some he, positive affirmation. I finished. say it every day, every morning. Just look in the mirror, say that, yes. and, and you'll be all right. Yes, but I think it's I think it's true. Like Byron said, you know, young men have to understand that. The colorism affects you differently. Do you want to be um, viewed as just a sexual being, right? You're a dark-skinned guy, so you're automatically assumed to be this overly sexual being. Do you want your son to be viewed merely for his sexual prowess? 
do you want your son to only be viewed as animalistic? He's only his raw power. Right. That's it. Yeah. No, and no intellect, just pure brawn, pure, pure, pure muscle. That's it. So you think for guys, for the most part, it's it's only dark skin guys. It's team light skin versus team dark skin. Women who right. have so many different things. Has it become more prevalent in the last few years? Did Drake yeah. really bring this war back? And like, it, it came back. I don't. I don't think it's more. But prevalent I don't think it was. I, don't, I, I definitely don't think it's more prevalent than it was in the '50s, '60s, even back in the '20s. I'm talking about our generation. I'm talking about our generation. Since like, I, when you like, talk, yeah, since the '80s on to now, I. I you think Chris Williams versus Wesley Snipes. Yeah, but we never, I don't remember ever talking about like me and my homeboys talking, joking about team light skin versus team dark skin. Like, I, oh, I think it's a unless y'all had, that's the I, I think there's nah, a difference nah, between nah, nah. y'all had secret meetings, y'all were waiting I, on this. Nah, the, the thing is, in the 80s, it was a true animosity, it was a really a light skin versus dark skin versus now. It's it's running the dozens. It's your mama jokes like that. That's how I feel about what the the team light stand skin versus team dark skin right now is. It really is just razzing on each other. I don't I don't feel like there's a negativity behind what's happening now. I, I really do think it's all in fun and all in jest. <laughs> what you Y'all don't think about? so? No, yeah, I mean y- y'all take it serious. Yeah, no, I don't take like take it, it doesn't serious. bother me. It's just like I, take, it, I, I tell you why I take it serious because my children come in three different shades. I have a set of twins; they're fraternal, right? I have a a, a dark skinned son. I have a brown skinned son. I have a really really fair skinned son or light skinned son or however you want to descriptor of him. And some of their classmates have called my younger son white. He's not a white child, though. So yes, they feel it. Even if, if, even if that's not what I'm teaching them at home, their influences outside my home affect them. And as they go out in the world, the things that we're teaching them at home is going to affect them eventually. So yes, there's that team light skin. You're soft. I got to pick on you, and now I'm getting called up to the office because my light skin son gave his dark skin kid a black eye. She you feel sorry feel, for these light skinned Negroes? She <laughs> <didn't> feel, <laughs> I feel bad for all my light skinned jokes now. They, they, they didn't, they didn't flip the it. script. Yeah. Now, now, now light skins are the less, lesser brothers. When they were making fun of dark skinned brothers for years, all of a sudden, now we got to feel sorry for <laughs> But have, have You know, y'all just made me team dark skin for real. Haven't it always been that way though, Ferg? Because the dark skinned brother has always been perceived as the more masculine, the yeah. more aggressive, the more what have you. And but, the light skinned brother. But, but at no more. point did we ever feel sorry for light skinned people. Because y'all felt like the light skinned brothers would get more play. So why would we feel sorry for them? Come on. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't feel sorry for us. But now we now we all of a sudden go, now they now we feeling sorry for Drake and the rest of his crew. Because he's he's considered more emotional. Like, oh, he's emotional. He's and and see his he his is part emotional that, though. He, is. he definitely is emotional. He is. With the exception of Drake, right? Let's put, <laughs> let's put Drake to the side because he is he is a little emotional. However, <laughs> my point is, just because a brother has a different skin tone to you, does not make him less masculine or di- or diminish his masculinity in any capacity. Look at Razzie shaking his head. I, I, no, I, I, I agree on both sides, but like I said, I I am on 
I, I'm truthfully, I'm okay with the 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 razzing on each other because that's that's how I look at it. And and the thing is that part, it, it, I look at it almost like family, where we can talk about each other and we can play around with each other, but nobody else should better be able to talk about us. And and so that's my thing is as long as we are playing with each other, and that's why I, I kind of liken it to the dozens or the your mama jokes is it all it is is it's us playing on each other, but it's bringing us together. If anybody else even tries any of that, but do you think it is like on to be serious? You know, all joking aside, like do you think this is is colorism making its way back, um, even more so m- more with men now? Like, yes, it's always been kind of like a divide, but now it's prevalent. Like, we have, I'm pretty sure there's a team light skin Facebook group. Like, it's really people taking it to the another level where they're like, I'm part, I'm proud to be part of this rather than like, yeah, I guarantee there's, there's somebody taking it to the extreme. Uh, of course there <laughs> is. There, there's somebody that's like, Oh yes, I'm team light skin and I don't mess with dark people, but I don't think, I think those same people were doing that before. I, I don't think that this coming to the light and these memes and the, you know, the hashtag, anything changed anybody's minds. If you were acting like that, or you believe that before that, um, before the resurgence of this, then you still believe it. I, I don't think it changed anybody's mind. It didn't soften anybody's hearts one way or the other. All it did was it's a good, funny joke for the people to go back at, at back and forth with each other and Jones on each other. And then we move on. That That's just my, my take on it. Okay. What is multiple groups on Facebook, Team Light Skin? Just throwing it out there. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. But, but I mean, my thing is, I'm, I'm pretty sure you go in there. It's not like if you dark skin, you can't join the group because you're going to get in there and you're just going to see a whole bunch of Team Light Skin memes talking about dark skin people. That's all it is. So Okay. I don't know what y'all do. I, I don't know what y'all do with y'all meetings, so I'm just, uh, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> anyway, so. Stop, stop. <laughs> Okay. Good conversation, uh, guys. Good conversation. <laughs> who, what, what's up next, Razzy? Um Yeah, so we actually got our first uh, voice message that we wanted to drop into the um, the show. So I will let them actually ask the question. How are work and home duties defined when both spouses work? And when one spouse works from home, is there an unspoken expectation that the person at home has more responsibilities than the spouse who commutes? Uh, I can go first, but I'll let somebody else go if they want to. Razi, you go first on this one. Okay. All right, cool. So when both spouses work, I, my thing is if if both spouses work, then it's just going to be however works for you guys because it depends on work schedules, how much they work, where they work, you know, and everything to say who should be doing what. If if both of us work and I get home at five o'clock and you get home at six thirty seven, I shouldn't be expecting you to cook dinner. I should be uh, the one that's getting dinner ready because it's going to be way too late by the time you get home, put dinner on and everything like that. That means that you might be doing the dishes after dinner or you know, you're going to do the straightening up around the house or whatever in the mornings because I got to leave earlier than you. And so once the, we get the kids off to school, you straighten up the house before you go to work or something like that. So it just really depends, man. I, I don't think there's a cookie cutter answer 
to if you know the 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 home duties are defined um when both parties work now it, it also depends on what type of work they do you know what i mean so if somebody is doing something where they're out in the sun all day long and everything like that they may not want to come home and have to do a lot of the physical stuff. So they may do things like, oh, I'm going to bathe the kids. I'm going to do something that's a little lighter, but not as heavy lifting as washing the dishes and stuff like that. So you you have to think about all of that when you're talking about defining what those duties are around the house. But I, I don't think there's anything that you could be like, oh, yeah, this is this is it. Here's this person does this or you, you can't even say you're going to split it 50 50 because it might not make sense for you guys. And so. I think that's an issue that we kind of come into is everybody thinks that because we both work 40 hours a week or we both work 50 hours a week, that all the household dudes have to be split 50 50. And it's not necessarily that it needs to be whoever can do what to help each other out. I mean, your helpmate is there to be your helpmate. It might be that I take everything this week and you got everything next week. Uh, if that makes sense. So it really just, you guys have to have a dis- uh, discussion. It has to be open conversation. It can't be this idea of we got to split it down the middle or we have to do anything. Um, now, as far as somebody working from home versus somebody leaving the house, I'm going to tell you now, I do have an expectation if you're working from home that you're going to do more of the household duties. Mm-hmm. And Mainly because of I, I, I work from home some days and the days that I work from home, I'm probably going to wash the dishes throughout the day or during my lunch break where normally you would take an hour lunch. I'm at the house. I, I don't have to go where I make a sandwich. I might keep working. And so, you know, I can do little things around the house. I might be washing clothes while I'm working from home uh, and things like that. The dinner is on at 3 o'clock so that 5 36 o'clock it's already done by the time everybody's kind of getting home from work or whatever so it really just depends uh on again the situation but yes i do think if somebody's working from home that i shouldn't have to do the long drawn out things like washing clothes and stuff like that because you can do that while you're doing whatever you're doing from working from home your normal bathroom break you can go dry, throw something in the dryer and then go back to doing your work so yeah, I do think they should be doing more. But I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, you so a good job. I was debating how was I agreeing with you or was I disagreeing with you? I'm about 50-50. If I see it as okay, because I work from home a lot as well. I'm in sales. But when I'm when I'm here, I'm at work. Like just because my bathroom is next door doesn't mean I can go. I, I shouldn't have to go wash clothes. Now, if I feel like if I agree that it benefits the house and we are in agreement, but you can't have expectation of me because I'm at work. Like I, mean, I can what, have an expectation. I might not and, get and my expectation. And then you could be disappointed. <laughs> and then when you're trying to, and that was my thing. Like, well, if I get home at five, you get home at seven. I should cook breakfast, be dinner. In an ideal situation, that's perfect. But maybe I don't want to cook dinner. I had a long day at work, too. I want to unwind. So you just telling me, well, you got home at 5. You should cook dinner. Nah, buddy. Now, hey, I know you get home a little early. Would you mind cooking dinner? You know what? You're right. It frees up. Too. Like, we need to agree. I think I was reading something. One of the, the people talk about what splits up marriages the most is like sex and money. It the state of the study, it's expectations. It's mm. unnecessary expectations or unmet expectation, expectations. 
yes, it makes sense. On on piece of paper, I get home at five, you get home at seven, I should cook dinner. And I'm willing to do that. But you can't just expect me to do that. And when I don't or because I don't want to, you're mad. Oh, you've been at home all day. Why didn't you wash the dishes? Why didn't you? So uh, who the hell cooking dinner then? Then, <laughs> then we have to figure it out. So, because so it's the expectation of the other person? Like no, you have the expectation no, that the other we, person's cooking we dinner. So you just sitting there for two hours stomach growling because you don't want to cook. <laughs> Ain't that yep. about a bit? Yep. <laughs> or we can say, hey, or we can agree that it works for us. You can't just like, well, because you get home at five, that's your job. Right. What I'm saying is, if I get home at five and we under, we're on the understanding and we're both agreeing that this is an expectation, because I think everything in a marriage, you have to agree. Setting those expectations, if I make 70%, I make, you know, our household income, I make 70%, you make 30 do I pay 70% of the bills? Do I pay all the bills? We split it 50-50. You guys come up with what works for you. Now, the situation you gave, a lot of that logically can make sense, but I'm on my lunch break. I have a, I might have a crazy manager. I might want to just unwind for a second, and I don't want to go wash no dishes. <laughs> Chris is about to eat you alive. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> hey, you can bring it. <laughs> oh my god hold on, hold on. before before Kristen answers you, oh. you, you kind of you you touched on if one works from home and the other but what about if uh you both work uh you you both have to commute to working back home how do you uh handle that as well i think it's all the same it's all in the same series like you figure out what works for you right. like okay. just to my whole point is not like that it doesn't make sense for me to do it what I'm saying is you can't just put your expectations on me. And because I don't agree with those expectations, it's a problem. We have to figure it out. Hey, you might, you can Uber Eats. Maybe I'm not a cook. Hey, you can pick something on your way up. I pick, I got home. I picked up the kids. I don't want, you know, for a minute. And by the time you get home, because I'm not eating without you, like I can't start eating to seven, right? So when you walk in the door with Uber, uh, with food, it's dinner time. Not saying that's an ideal situation, but just because I got home early doesn't mean, oh, you're the cook. It's, hey, if you cook more days than me or you you worry about dinner, that makes it a lot easier. I can come home. I can get home at 7, 6.45 rather than 7. You know what? I'd rather have you home early, baby. I'll start cooking. I'll put dinner on. You know, maybe you run the errands. Can you stop by the grocery store? By the time you get home at 6, 7.30, food's on. Like, we, we trade off. You know, like you can't just dictate what I do in my two hours. So, Chris, you me two up. hours, Ferg. That's the thing. In, in a what marriage, is, it's y'all two hours. What can right. we do in these two hours? Right. Exactly. So, but you just told me what I have to do in my two hours. I, 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 no, my, my answer was uh, kind of along the lines of what you were saying is you guys have to figure it out. What um, that that analogy was, hey, in our discussion, we saw that you get home at five, I get home at seven, so you're going to be the dinner person. We discussed it and we agreed to that. So I, I agree with you 100%. It shouldn't be you come to me with an expectation and I got to meet it or not. It should be, but some you, in a negotiation, so you have to have a position and the other person has to have a position. My position is you get home at five, you should be the one cooking because I don't get home to an hour and a half later. So that's my position. Your position may be different. Now let's go start negotiating and figuring it out and talk through it. So now 
a, a part a part of negotiability and negotiating is you actually make the first offer so that you can set the and anchor the conversation. Well, I want to hear what Kristen got to say because okay, I feel like so you, had, you had your turn. Oh, my Kristen. bad, my bad. I, I set, the, I anchored the conversation. You did, you did. <laughs> and and I absolutely agree. Here's the thing, and it's mm. situational, right? In a marriage, you cannot come in saying that I expect for you to do this or I expect for you to do that. You have to do what works for you and your family. You have to. There's going to be some times when, guess what? You're going to be at home and you're going to do some laundry. You're going to fold some clothes and you're going to cook some dinner and you're going to pick up some kids and you're going to go to a parent-teacher conference. I think... With money and sex being one of the high factors of divorce, right underneath that is overloading your partner. You're When you're the wife and you have an expectation, like, oh, well, you're the wife, so I'm expecting you to do this. And you're the husband, so you're expected to do that. Your family may not run that way. Your family may not operate that way. And it will cause all types of unnecessary stress and unnecessary turmoil in your relationship if you get home at five o'clock put your pride in your pocket and cook some dinner right it's bleep me i'm sorry if you, <laughs> if you if you know that you're both working 40 hour days guess what me and my husband invested in crock pot meals we have a a menu 365 days of crock pot meals where we're slow cooking some stuff because guess what i not only work a 40 hour work week i also have basketball practice baseball practice swimming practice after school meetings i have projects that are due in third grade they're doing powerpoint presentations so my day doesn't stop when i clock out at work if you're at home Fold a load of clothes. That's not asking too much. If we're, if our goal is for our family to function, then we all need to be out of Navy, all hands on deck, mm-hmm. all hands on deck. Everybody's got to do their part from the smallest to the largest to make sure that this ship runs. One ship, one screw. We all got to make sure we're doing what we need to do to make sure our family functions from day to day. And if someone doesn't do their part, the whole thing falls apart. And I agree with everything you said. Um, but I just think sometimes your timelines, like the thing about it is I get home at five. It probably benefits us to cook breakfast, I mean, cook, me to cook dinner. But there's nothing against you picking up dinner every once in a while. Like all of a sudden you like, OK, you get home at five. Now this is your expectation. Cook some cook some damn food. Like, you know what? You cook Monday, Tuesday. I'll pick up food Wednesday. They're like, let, let's that works. or, or that works. hey, because you cook five days a week, I'll cook on the weekends. Like you well, have to think, but you like plan. just because because time is one of the most valuable things we have. You're telling me if I'm at home folding clothes, I'm mean, at home. I need to be folding clothes, but maybe I want to fold them when I get off because when I'm at work, I'm focused. I want to unwind and I don't feel like folding clothes, but I'm gonna fold them. But you, when you make it, when it becomes like, oh, these clothes are still here. Yeah, they were here because I was at work and I'm tired. But I'll they will get folded. 
Yeah, I will fold these clothes. You know, like it's y'all had y'all had me until y'all talk about folding clothes. I ain't folding no clothes. How, how I can't fold clothes. Boy, that is that go? is like right? that is the chore that I hate the most out of anything. Well, Rosie folding clothes right now. I think I think every I think everyone hates folding clothes. I'll fold the clothes, but you know my worst is they won't get put up. I'll fold, <laughs> I'll wash them. I'll fold them, and they'll be on the sofa for three days straight. But my problem is, I feel like. Don't walk by stuff if the if the if the things need to be done. Like if you see it there, just do it. Don't have this level of expectation that because I'm the wife or because I'm the my, the primary caregiver of the children that that's my responsibility. Or because this spouse is at home the most, that's their responsibility. That's not how it works. We're all our ultimate goal is to make sure that the family functions thoroughly. That I means agree. Everybody put their hands on deck. Everybody I'm, make sure it gets done. I want to hear what Byron has to say. Yeah, I, that's, I, that's what I was about to say. I'm about to go. I'm gonna get some wine. <laughs> so, uh, the first part of the question: If both people work, um, I mean, keeping with the theme, everybody says you do what works for you. So, I, I definitely agree with that. What I kind of um, stray away from you guys is. And maybe you will agree with this, but if you're married, because the question asks if you're a spouse, if you're married, you should want to do what's fair to your spouse. And what's fair to your spouse is if you make it home with the popular uh, example, if you make it home at five and your spouse doesn't make it home to seven, it, it's fair and it makes sense for you to either cook or provide food. No, you don't want to cook every day, but a meal needs to be prepared already for your spouse when you get there. That I'm sorry. That's an expectation. Um and as far as the chores, it just depends. Like uh, me and Tabitha have swapped. I used to do the grocery shopping at one time. Now she does it. I used to do the uh, the clothes clo- the clothing washing at one time. Now she does it. If she cooks, I do the dishes. At the end of the day, you have a house together. You know how you want that house to look. You know things need to be done. And if you care about your spouse, you're going to want to do what's fair to them. So you just have to figure out, you know, what chores you're going to split up. And 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 take it from there. As far as if one spouse works from home, I'm sorry, you do need to do a little bit more. I, I'm not underestimating the work you do at home, but studies show that commute commute time takes something out of you, like that drains you. And so that's I'm telling you, whatever you're doing at home is not going to be uh, anything compared to whatever they did at work plus that commute. So I'm not saying you need to start doing 80 percent versus 20 percent, but you do maybe need to do a little bit more, 55, 60 percent more around the house. Um, maybe not while you're doing your work. I know first say, you know, he want to take his full lunch break. But when you're done for the day, you don't have to get in the car and fight traffic and and and, and drive home. You're already there so you can get started on some things. Uh, at the end of the day, though, those are just my opinions. Just like like all three of you guys said, you just got to do what's best for your relationship. But I think we see it one sided sometimes. Like, OK, let's say I, I work from home. I shut down at five. You, you get off at five. I see a lot of people. They also say, you know, for a lot of people that the commute, even though it can be so much stressful, is also a wind down time. You listen to your favorite podcast, Three Brothers No Sense. There you go. On your way home. Nice plug, You know, you listen to this. You're, you're, you're having a conversation. Rizy calls me on his way from home a lot. You know, 90 times, 
percent of our phone calls is me driving or him driving. You get to get stuff. I don't get that. I get I get off at five. I'm going to pick up the kids. Like you want me to like jump and back into something else where I don't maybe I don't have time for myself. So maybe it's like hey. Five, maybe you don't have a commute, but there's other things that you have to do. But if there's a list of things that need to be done and I get them done, it might not have to be five o'clock. I'm back on the clock. Now I'm folding clothes. Rosie's favorite thing to do. Or it's, you know, on my lunch break, I'm washing dishes or doing this. It's like, you know what? I had a little time to unwind. I'm, you know, my, my manager pissed me off. I had a lot of emails. I'm going to relax for a sec. I'm going to breathe deep, meditate, put my favorite podcast on. Put some Sade on, just relax, you know, uh, <laughs> light some sage, whatever. But sleep. <laughs> but maybe you need a nap. Maybe you need a 30-minute nap. Because it's <laughs> the right thing. <laughs> but whatever it is, you need to re-energize because you know what you need. Just because Byron thinks that this is what I need or this is how I operate, you know. But if I still get it done, because I think we we often we dictate what's fair to somebody else. Well, you're off. It's only fair that you do this. Right. Yes, if we can agree, like you said, hey, you know what? You do get off two hours early. It would be great if you could, you know, I think you should be able to prepare the majority of the meals. That's great. But also, I'm tired. I don't, working from home is not easy either. So at five o'clock, I'm still tired. And now I have to go make dinner. Or it's like, you know what? I don't, you know what, baby? I'll pick up dinner today. I'll pick up dinner Tuesday, Thursday. You do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's still, we're working together. Because once again, I can't eat without you. I still got to go pick up the kids. I might have to go grocery shopping on my way, shopping on my way there. Like, you know, um, that's the expectation I had of my wife at one point in time when I used to work at Enterprise and she would work from home, got off maybe like midday. And I know it got draining. Hell, I love to cook. But trying to figure out what I want to cook every day, I need to look at your 365 crock pot meal uh, thing, Kristen. <laughs> I love to cook, but we worked out. My wife is responsible for dinner Monday through Thursday. I'm responsible for dinner Thursday through Sunday. You figure out what works for you, but you just can't say because this is how your life is set up. This is what you're expected to do. So I agree with that. Let me let me. So you got all three. Of you guys agree that it's wrong to have expectations in a marriage. Are y'all no, kidding me? No, no, no. What, I don't. Agree. No. Once those expectations are agreed upon, like what gives you the right to say that this is what I have to do? My expectation is like you already out. Pick up dinner. I don't want to cook. That's my expectation. I won't even go that far because there are some days, right? And I think I had to explain this to my husband because his work is manual. About to snap. I am. His, his work is manual. He's an electrician. I work in finance. So I'm working with numbers all day. In his mind, well, I've been sitting down all day. Do you know how taxing it is to be working in Excel for seven straight hours? Mm-hmm. You have no clue. Like I literally had to make myself get up and go take my lunch because I was so engulfed in numbers and financial reports and all of this kind of cash reports nonsense. And I had to step away. And to think that my mental work is not as taxing as your physical work to me is, is, is demeaning to what I do. Mm-hmm. So don't expect for, well, you've been sitting down all day. You can go pick up dinner or you can, you, you've been sitting down all day. You can go do X, Y, and Z. Well, okay. You've been pulling wire for two hours and you sat down for 10. Like I can say that you've been sitting down all day. 
So don't have those types of expectations. There are going to be days where I'm tired and I just don't have it in me. I'm like, babe, can you get the kids? Can you take the kids to basketball practice? There's going to be days where he's tired. Even if we have a schedule, you have to work together. I think that's the all-encompassing thing. I don't have an expectation of my husband, but I do feel as if he has to pick up my slack when I fall short and vice versa. When That's my expectation. You asked if we have expectations of marriage. Like, my expectation is my wife to want this to work and right. to want to do what's best for us, which is the same expectation she has for me not gender roles, financial roles, uh, time management roles, whatever the case may be. I believe because, in some gender roles, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah, I get, I get what you're saying, but like, you know, because we're wired different, so the things that might be taxing for her through the day might not be as taxing for me, but I can't discredit, like Kristen said, that it's taxing for her. So because she was at home all day or she was doing this doesn't mean she had an easy day for her. She could be at, she could be on E. I mean, my thing is to recognize that she's on E. Now I need to, yes, yeah, she's home at five, but she's on E. When my wife gets home, she's on E. I got another two hours to go, but the way I'm built, I know I got to step it up and do this, 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 and this. Maybe I'm going to pick up dinner and maybe I'm going to do this, 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 because I know uh, come this weekend when she starts washing clothes and she folds them, and I walk by them all weekend, and they're still there. Then you know that's just you know it was a trade off because I, I hate putting up clothes too. Yeah, I, that's <laughs> the expectation. Don't have for me. It's not that bad. <laughs> no, it was funny, um, Kristen. Uh, I I was right there with you while you were uh, during your answer until you were like, you know, if something's out of place, just pick it up. I'm gonna tell you now. I'll walk by something for like <laughs> two days, and and it's not that I expect my wife to pick it up. It's just that I don't care if it's there or not. So it can stay there for three more days. It's not that big of a deal for me. But so Byron, as a as a as a male to no, the females not. out there, just understand, y'all. Yeah. It's not that we 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 are leaving it there so that you can pick it up. We're leaving it there because it don't bother us being there. <laughs> that, that, that is true. But Byron, Byron is upset oh. because this is the same dude that was pissed off about Tabitha uh, leaving her clothes on the side of the bed. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit over it now, but, uh, and by expectations, man, I, I guess I mean reasonable expectations. Like for the most part, she cooks Monday through Friday, but just like yesterday I was off. It made more sense for me to cook. I'm there on the days I beat her home. I should cook. So I, I definitely believe in reasonable expectations. And again, like I say, you should want to do what's fair for your spouse. Now, you guys pointed out like some every once in a while, like Ferg, you say sometimes you may not feel like cooking. That's fine. But if you're home every day at five and your wife get home at seven every day and you're never cooking, Nick, you need to get your ass up out the house. But I didn't say, I didn't say never. That's what, what, I'm, I'm, saying, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what but I'm when, saying. when your expectation you, is you, you, you should like, cook because I'm home early. But if we agree on that, that's fine. But that, that's what we're that's what we're saying is the norm should be you cooking because you get home early. There's gonna be those days it's like you you make the call like, hey, I ain't cooking today. Pick something up on the way. Well, I mean, you know, Jenica, even <laughs> even when Jenica was a stay at home mom, 
it it would be days that she'd call me and be like, hey, pick something up on the way home because I'm not cooking tonight. Okay, cool. I'll grab something on the way home. You know, so it, it's not a it's not about making those allowances and adjusting it's about what is the norm and the norm is if you're getting home at five you're getting home earlier dinner's on you 80 percent of the time you let me know when you need me to pick up or or pick up the slack and stuff like that that's what we're saying so not only do i gotta fight this i-95 traffic i gotta stop because you want to sit back and, and cross your feet Sometimes. And watch Netflix. Sometimes. <laughs> it happens, Sometimes. man. The one thing that really does it for me, because 85% of all the things that are done with the children, I do. The best thing my husband gives me is a nap on Sunday. Like, I sleep <laughs> in on Sunday morning. Don't call me. Don't talk to me. Don't bother me. Let me sleep in. I don't want to get up before 11 o'clock. That is the know, greatest right. That is the greatest thing. And I'm able to high five you. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like I'm able to rejuvenate myself because I am exhausted. You cannot imagine, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of mothers out here, even though we work, we take on a large majority of the childcare. Yep. We do. It is an unspoken expectation that as a mom, you take on the largest portion of the child care. When, when a kid gets sick at school, they're calling mommy. When the kid needs a, to get in trouble at school, they're calling mom. When something is, is needed, something's going on, a project is due, I'm up at midnight doing PowerPoint presentations on Black History Projects. I'm doing that. Right. Even though I got to get up, go to work, lay their clothes out the night before. If anybody's sick, got a fever, anything going on, I am the one that's doing it. To me, I don't have an expectation, but I feel like if I want to sleep in on Sunday, I want to sleep in on Sunday. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. And I'm like, hey, my time is my time. So if everything gets done, we have a list of things we need to accomplish and we can accomplish them. Then what's the problem? Oh, I, I, I don't care when you get them done. My thing is that when we when we put this list and we got 10 things on this list and you working from home, you get at least six or seven of them. Like, <laughs> we're not going five and five if you working from home. I'm sorry. That that just ain't going to happen. Like that. that like Byron said, it, it might not be you getting 80 percent, but you're going to bump up past that 50 50 if you don't have that two hour commute that I got every day. <laughs> like, Rosie, do you let uh, Jenica cut the grass? No. No. I take out the trash. <laughs> ain't never touched the lawn. Take out the trash ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. I'm, I'm talking about... I'm like, are, get you out there. Out, are you out there priming a lawnmore, Kristen? And, Pulling and, and weed. I, I have. I do weed. <laughs> I, I weed eat. I will cut the grass. I've worked in the in the in the uh, garage. I, She's we not are an example, equal, bro. We are a good equal opportunity I'm still, household. I'm in the cave, man, when it comes. Yes. I don't want her out there cutting the grass. Tabitha ain't going out there. I don't care what you want. was while he was cutting grass, I was cutting the hedges. We are an equal opportunity household. My will help with some yard work. My mom cut the grass. Like yeah. that was that was her thing. She actually liked to cut the grass because she was like, my dad didn't do it right. So she did the whole, you know, I'm I'm gonna do Your it myself. Man was smart. <laughs> she was smart. I see you, son. I see you, Dad. <laughs> Tip of the hat. Mom cut the grass. That was her thing. No, no, you don't like this? Let me try it again. <laughs> I get it right next time. No, but no, you still don't like it. 
that's real though, because you you have an expectation. You're like, yo, my wife's not cutting the grass, right? Now, um, Allah, Buddha, Jesus, what have you, forbid something happened to you and you're in, unable to cut the grass. Then what? Probably pay some yard man. Yeah, you gonna I'm gonna pay service. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. She will get out there and help me shovel the snow. Right. Uh, and she she does help with some of the yard work. Uh like when I had to dig up all these weeds and put most down and stuff, like she she'll help out, but cutting the grass now. Yeah. I mean, but it's it's little stuff like um my wife has never cut our kids' fingernails or toenails. Like little stuff like that, like little weird stuff. She she's never done it. Like six years <laughs> in, she's like, never cut their toenails. I think I'm the only one that's done it. No, she, she when when it started, she um she was scared that she was gonna like like cut them or whatever, and so I started doing it, and then it's just been since then. I don't think she's ever done it, or maybe like once or twice in the whole six years. Sophia's been alive. I think I'm the only one that's cut my kids' toenails. My husband's like, "What are what are toenails? What are you talking about?" Like <laughs> that doesn't happen. Don't those just get cut by themselves? Like right? Like, they can't like, they can't bite those things off right now. Our our children self cleaning. They need baths. Like every day? <laughs> no. That's crazy. Jen, cut them kids' toenails. <laughs> That's her. That should be her 2020. Her resolution? Yes. Well, um, it's been a great show. I want to thank Ani, Kristen, the toenail cutter, for <laughs> ah, the her, taking time out of her day, taking time away from her family. Her kids are pulling at her. Mobile Hornets. Go Mobile Hornets. So... We're going to start with um, Kristen. We always leave our listeners with something. What you got for them? Um, I would have to say live every day like it is the last one. I recently lost a really dear friend of mine, and uh, she's our age. She's 38. Just made 38 in November. And to me, it's um, not to be long-winded, but... We've lost quite a few people here in the last couple of years. Really young in like our age bracket. Mm-hmm. So live every day like it is the last one. I love, I love it. I like uh, that. Yo, appreciate you coming on, man. It's been real fun. Love having you. Thank um, you. Like, for like first me. said, ha- taking that time out. It, it's we enjoy it. Hopefully, the listeners uh, will enjoy it as much as we did. Um, Listeners out there, I just want to throw it out there. You guys heard the message. Drop some more messages to us. We'd love to hear them. We want to put them in the show as much as possible. Uh, it's really simple. You can go to our website, threebrothersnosense.com, the, with the number three not spelled out. If you spell it out, I don't know where you're going to go. Uh, we ain't buy that one. You know, can't afford two uh, websites. Anyway, so go there. You, uh, there's a block that says message us. Hello? Hit us up. We, we'd love to hear from it. Hey, hey, man. Is that Kristen's son? What's his name? Which one is that? Which one? I have both of them here. This is Kingston. Hi. What's going on? <laughs> uh, this is Khalil. Khalil. Hey, That's one of my, my favorite voices, man. My oh, and also, you guys know what time it is. Uh, after Christmas, after New Year's, comes next in Mobile. It is Mardi Gras season. Um, Mardi Gras. Shout out. Mardi Gras, there it is. So uh, if you guys need any type of Mardi Gras supplies, hit up Macarola's Mardi Mardi Gras and more. It's right there on St. Stephen's Road. Hit them up. The only black-owned Mardi Gras supply store in Mobile. 
So go down, holler at them, and we'll be ready for all these balls and stuff that's happening. Port City Second Liners, I know that one's coming up. So go out, get your tickets for that if you haven't gotten uh, tickets for that. And uh, hit us up. Later. Very grateful for Ani to join us. Um, We said we wanted to get more uh, female input this year uh, because, you know, sometimes three males can have our blind spots. So it was definitely good to get your perspective on a lot of this stuff today. So just thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for listening as always. Christian, it was good seeing you alumni weekend and it's great <laughs> having you on the show. So definitely appreciate it. And uh, like Rosio said, hope you guys enjoyed. Visit that website too, because you can leave the message for questions. We got merchandise on there now. Like we coming up. We got hoodies. We about to have coffee mugs and all kind of stuff. So Oh, I gotta get a mug. I love yeah, coffee so t- mugs. So t- I got a little out. collection going. I need a yeah. mug. Okay, definitely. <laughs> what merch do you have that costs one buck? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Well, I, I will continue on the theme with my my fellow co-hosts. Want to thank Kristen, Ani for being here, as well as thank our listeners. Uh, take time out to thank our one of our, another one of our top listeners, Angelita, for her question today. That was her for you guys that didn't know. So she's we actually uh, I think we'll send her a shirt or something just because of that for being the first person to actually uh, push through a question. So. Well, you just said it now, so you got to send us a shirt. Oh, we can bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, we'll know Monday what we're doing. <laughs> but what I always tell people, what I'm really focused on is giving back to our community. People go out there, find your niche, find your passion, give back to you. Because I feel like most of the people, I know all the people on this show and uh, most of our listeners are pretty fortunate. So go out and do something nice for somebody. Um even even once a week, you know, just do something. You just don't know what it what it means to somebody else. So go out there, do something nice, give your time, give your money, uh, give your wisdom. Uh, people out there appreciate it. So once again, Three Brothers No Sense, Six Rules of Podcasts. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. See you next week. Make sure to leave a like.